and welcome everyone to Heartland Church of Christ podcast on spiritual disciplines. I am Jeff Adair here with Steve Gibbony. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a good day. Yes, it is. I'm ready for the weekend already. Here we are. Um, I'm really interested in our topic today uh, because it's one that I had not heard about before I became a follower of Jesus. Uh, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard a lot about it. And I have... This would probably be the one discipline that we're going over that I have not practiced a lot of, but I have practiced it a few times. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested in all this information that we have to get out to everybody. So what do you say we get started? Okay. We'll get right into that, it. That, sound, that sounds great. So what exactly is fasting, Steve? All right. Well, so before I start there, I, I want to just kind of agree with you, Jeff, that, that I feel the exact same way that you do about fasting. Okay, good. Uh, before I was a Christian, it wasn't something I'd heard of. Yeah. Um, and as a Christian, it's something that I have not really uh, understood, studied well enough, or practiced. And so it is one of the disciplines that I am, am least familiar with. Um, but I believe that through studying it, um, that that there's a lot of power in it and yes. something that we need to be paying attention to as Christians. So, you know, fasting is abstaining from food uh, or other things, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, for a period of time, which humbles us and helps us see our dependence on what God provides us for our daily needs. Oh, nice. It's an act of intentional self-denial, which Jesus calls us to, yes. uh, for instance, in Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 23, Combined with prayer, it helps us to grow our focus and our trust in God. And, you know, self-denial is discipline. Yes. And uh, this is the discipline uh, that that really um, emphasizes the the idea of self-denial because it's so physical. Um, Fasting can show us how automatically uh, we live to satisfy our cravings. Uh, when we're not tuned into it. Oh, I love that. We can go along and not even realize it. But when we fast, it brings it to to our attention very, very quickly. Um, uh, Adele Calhoun uh, says, A fast is the self-denial of normal necessities in order to intentionally intend to attend to God in prayer. Bringing attachments and cravings to the surface opens up a place for prayer. Yeah. This physical awareness of emptiness is the reminder to turn to Jesus, who alone can satisfy. Oh, I love that. And I think that's just just one of the keys. It really highlights that battle between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those, I'd say it's a discipline that helps us realize, like you said, um, how reliant we are on worldly stuff. And everything like that. So and I wonder, just when we were talking here, just wondering if that is why it's not so popular here in American culture. It's because we're, we don't like to look at ourselves and, and you know, deny ourselves a lot. So just, yeah. just some thoughts in my head that I keep going through. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so do we fast from just food or drink, or could it be an appetite for anything, Steve? Yeah, good question. Good question. So in the scripture... Um, the evidence is, from what you can see, it's primarily all about food. Okay. It's uh, fasting from food, uh, sometimes uh, f- from drink too, though typically fasts, you know, uh, you, you're drinking water while you're abstaining from food. But there, okay. are, there are times in the scripture when we can see that uh, it's both food and water. Um, but But fasting has been adapted, I think, in our times, and I think appropriately, 
to looking at other kinds of appetites because yeah. we're in a world that has a lot of different things that draw us. True. And uh, we find that uh, that um, we are we crave those things to fill ourselves just as well as we do food. Yeah. So fasting is an opportunity to lay down an appetite, any appetite, uh, and whether it be an appetite for food, for media, mm. or shopping, oh, okay. or a lot of other things. Okay, this act of self-denial may not seem like a big deal. You know, it's just a meal or a trip to the mall that yeah. I'm skipping maybe, uh, if it's a smaller fast. But it brings us face to face with the hunger at the core of our being. Mm. And through self-denial, we begin to recognize what controls us. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, talking about shopping as, as, as one of those, I think um, I'm not picking on the ladies here, uh, but we might n- naturally think that this is a ladies thing. Oh, yeah, the ladies like to go to the mall. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think us guys are just as guilty of oh, yeah. that. Uh, how <laughs> how much do you love Home Depot, Jeff? We'll say, yeah, Ethan and I love going there on Mondays, on the days mm-hmm. we have. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot. But, you know, for us guys, it's kind of like a necessity. We, we go to Home Depot to do things that are important, right? Correct. That's like, right. right. That's right. I mean, we always need another tool, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Of course. So... <laughs> You know, maybe we can, maybe we have a reason for that, but yeah. maybe not. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> um, there are a lot of different things that we use to control time. And, and I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big shopper. You know, I'm not a big, you know, money spender kind of guy. Um, but I do find, you know, I have found myself going, you know, I, I, I kind of just have this desire to go to the store to do something. Yeah. And I want to get something. Yeah. So it, it's, a, there's a craving that right. happens. You know, so it, it's a craving like other other things like food. Get that, yeah. When we deny ourselves, you know, I mentioned that it seems like science is going to be catching up to what the Bible has been saying about fasting and its benefits. So what do you think some of the reasons why that is? Why do you think it's just now coming up saying, hey, this fasting is so, it's good for your health, overall health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so today's, today's culture... Um, you know, as you said earlier, it kind of has a little bit of a trouble with this. And fasting is a discipline that's obvious in the spiritual lives of people in the Bible, uh, but is somewhat mysterious and foreign to many of us in our culture today. That's true. Uh, some reasons uh, may be that uh, the Bible clearly includes fasting as a practice of God's people, but the how and the why isn't clearly laid out as much as prayer is for instance true uh it just sort of seems to be understood Mm. and we kind of really maybe don't have a good handle on how to grasp but what is what is that all about yeah now i think as you dig deeper into into scripture uh you will find plenty of evidence and we'll look at that in a moment as to the purpose the bible lays out for uh for fasting but so i think that's one of the reasons that you know it's not as as big of a um uh, a practice that we're familiar with in our culture um, just because, again, it doesn't seem to be explained very well. Yeah. But another thing is, I think it's really counter to the American mindset. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, the American dream has been all about abundance. Yes. We're all familiar with the famous phrase, a chicken in every pot, a car in every garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Frontier days, um, our 
there was just such an abundance of resources. I mean, uh, so many years of our history had to do with settling of the country yeah. and going across just this vast expanse. Um, and there seemed to be endless resources. And so um, that mindset uh, of abstaining from all these resources which God has blessed us with, with it can even seem a little bit un-American. Yeah, you know, it kind of does. Because we, uh, we are given so much by God. We feel compelled, I think, to satisfy every human appetite and may even believe that fasting is harmful to your health. Mm, yeah. Now, that may be less so right now. I think recent generations um, have learned more about the benefits, the health benefits of fasting. So fasting right. is talked about a little bit more in our culture, practiced a little bit more, not for spiritual reasons, but for uh, health reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think some of the newer generations, maybe some of the younger listeners out there will say, you know, no, I, I, you know, I understand it's healthy. It's not an unhealthy thing yeah. uh, in, in every situation. But I think for my generation, the boomers, uh, you know, we're the first generation that really benefited from the spoils of all of the work of what we call the builder generation, yeah. the generation who uh, went to World War II the generation who then uh, has kind of built our country from that point on right. uh, to being what it is. And the boomer generation, we're really the first to not have to. I mean, we had the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same thing as World War One and World War II, uh, that there was so much loss of life and so much sacrifice um, and, you know, you know, almost losing a generation of young people. Right. And some of the things, the hardships that that were faced by the earlier generation. So we are, I think, a spoiled generation. I would say, yeah. yeah uh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm a younger one, and I, I totally agree with that statement. So um, not, you know, you know, not getting what we want, when we want it, how we want it, the way we want it, and, and as much of it as we want it, I think is a difficult thing for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's a third reason that I think that it's uh, difficult for us. And that is that it's a historical reason. Um, so in the Middle Ages, um, the monastic system arose in the Catholic Church, the monasteries, okay. the system of monasteries. And in that system, there were a very uh, many excessive ascetic practices. Okay. Um, of course, a, a monk in a monastery lives a very isolated life. Yes. Um, and they had practices such as making vows to never speak again. Yes. Or to um, whip themselves on the back with a with a whip uh, to um, do penance. Oh wow! And so uh, that got very excessive. And so there's been a, a very bad and and and. Fasting was one of those practices okay. as well, too. And so that kind of mindset gained, had a lot of bad reputation. Yeah. And so um, I think that's another reason that's carried down. I think Richard Foster in his book written in the 1970s said that there was a, uh, a study done. And I don't have the exact years here now, but like somewhere from the mid-1500s, 
up until the 1960s or something like that. He really could not find a book written on fasting. Oh, wow. It had, for for, for several generations, for se- several centuries, it had completely gone out of favor. Wow. So um, there's that's another reason yeah. that fasting just really hasn't uh, been in our awareness as Christians huh. for generations. Interesting. Yeah. Now, some churches do practice fasting. Uh, again, the, the Catholic Church uh, instituted the idea of the season of Lent. Okay, yeah. And so Lent has that idea of fasting or giving up something for this period of 40 days leading up to Easter. Um, and so that practice was, was put in place as a reminder that it is good. Um, maybe that was a way to replace the monastery system, yeah. and it wasn't quite as, you know, quite as drastic as what had been done. But it still honored the spirit of fasting. Right. Now, our tradition hasn't really uh, emphasized the idea of Lent at all. Uh, a lot of Protestant churches don't do that, mm-hmm. but uh, there's an idea, a seed of an idea. So it's not totally gone from our culture or you know spiritual life in in, in Christian America. But um, it's certainly not something that rises to the top when right. we think about, you know, what we do as practices for, as, as Christians. Yeah. Now, I know that prayer goes right along with it. And um, we had a member here quite a few years ago uh, here, at, here at Heartland that we gathered up a list um, for Steve and his family. And we uh, had a list and we would fill out, you know, prayer and fasting schedule. Mm-hmm. And that was really my first uh, experience uh, and fasting and, and prayer at the same time um, when I, after be, I became a Christian. And it was a church-wide thing. And I wish I could describe the power in it um, because of the, Steve, the man that was uh, we were praying for in his family, uh, had, had, had cancer. And uh, praise God, he does not have cancer anymore. So that's an awesome mm-hmm. thing. Um, but when I, I was working construction at the time, and you to tell me that I had to go 24 hours without eating, I would just laugh at you. I'm like, I'm, I'm working outside. I am sweating. I'm working hard. I'm going to, I have to eat something. Uh-huh. Boy, was I wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did just fine. And every time I got those hunger pains, I would go to God in prayer. And that's, that would be uh, sustaining for me. And so it is possible. And I have definitely heard of people that have gone longer than 24 hours and bless them. I, I am mm-hmm. up, not up to that point yet, but I hope to be, and the whole church-wide prayer and fasting thing is, is powerful. So, yeah. It, it is very powerful. And uh, that bring, one of the points that that brings up is that fasting is, is um, typically a, can, can be a very private thing, mm-hmm. an individual, and it, we're looking at it as one of the individual uh, disciplines, and it is an individual thing, but it also can be done in community. And I think it gains some of its greatest power when we do it in community yes, as a public sure. fast. And as we look a little bit later, we'll see that there are uh, times in Scripture when it was done either uh, in a private sense or as a public fast. And yeah. so it is It is a very powerful way to um, together as a community to call on God. Yes, and it is so cool that um, other members of the church, you know, are, are doing the same thing. And, and part of that unity 
uh, that one that Jesus prayed about, you know, and, and, and John, that um, we all be one. And that's kind of one of those things that brings to my mind is we're all doing that for, for, for one purpose. And it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, what are some, some benefits that we would get? I know we listened, listed out some benefits of what our experiences were, but what are some other benefits that people can get from, from fasting? Yeah, so fasting will help us to center ourselves on God, and we can see that in a number of passages, Luke chapter 2, Acts chapter 13, uh, Zechariah uh, has a great powerful passage there in in chapter 7, verse 5. Fasting helps us in our devotion and trust in God, and the Psalms are really good about showing that, especially Psalm 69. Uh, Fasting is to help us to humble ourselves or to grieve. Okay. Fasting can help us to feast on God and doing his will. Uh, Jesus says in John 4, 32 and 40, 32 and 34, you know, my food is to do the will of God. Yeah. It's to help us to understand the war between the spirit and the flesh. Oh. And Jesus, in his 40 days of temptation in Matthew chapter 4, says that. He yeah. says, man does not live by food alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Yeah. And it helps us to understand our dependence on God's daily provision. Mm. How much we need him. As soon as we get hungry, we realize we need God to be feeding us. Right. Uh, It helps us to identify and fellowship with Jesus by choosing to follow his sacrificial example. We've talked a lot about how our spiritual disciplines, we do them because we're trying to imitate and live the lifestyle that Jesus lived. Correct. Um, They help us to repent of self-indulgent, addictive, and compulsive behaviors Mm. when we fast. Fasting helps us uh, to let the small deprivations remind us of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, when I think, oh, boy, you know, I feel really deprived here at the moment. I'm hungry. I'm a little weak feeling. What did Jesus go through? Right, yeah. You know, yeah. it kind of puts it in perspective. Yes, it does. It helps us uh, to seek strength from God for obedient love and service. Mm. It's just part of living a self-disciplined life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, in a couple of different places, you know, dependence on things can enslave us to them. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said, I do not want to be a slave to anything. So we have to learn um, what we're dependent upon, what we're really enslaved to that maybe we don't even realize and understand, and that's, fasting will help us to do true. that. And self-denial, again, is for all followers of Christ. Amen. You know, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me, Jesus says. Yeah. And there's no probably more vivid understanding of that than when we're fasting. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there's another one, um, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, that, but I think it's a very important one for us to look at as well, as far as the reasons and purposes for fasting. But uh, that's uh, a lot of good reasons, and all of them are backed up by Scripture as to why we should be fasting. Yes. And so, Steve, you brought it up, and I have to say, uh, when we read the story of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days fasting, my brain cannot wrap around that. Um, going 40 days without food, um, and it doesn't specifically say drink, but he just says fasting. But 40 days, you know, me, I, I told you before we hit record that I, I have trouble going 40 minutes without taking a drink of water. Mm-hmm. So it's just really hard to for me to think about that. Um, 
it would be somewhat tough. You know, hangry would not even describe how I would be. Um, I would say that jokingly, of course, because, you know, we would go to God uh, when we were getting those hunger pains. But it's just in overall, how can that even be? Why was that so important? And how can that be uh, kind of transferred over to today? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, first of all, as far as, you know, food and drink, I think there's there is a more of a limit to how many days we can go without drink. Yeah. And I don't think so. I don't think 40 days, you know, I think 40 days is well beyond the amount of time that you can go without water. So it's likely he was, he was drinking during, during that time. Um, but you know, we may tend to think, uh, that after 40 days of fasting, uh, in the wilderness, uh, was when Jesus was the weakest to temptation. Right. You know, so the question might be, well, did, did he go out there 40 days just to weaken himself so he was as weak as possible so that when he met these temptations, you know, if he was over, able to overcome them at his weakest point, then, boy, he'd be able to overcome them anytime. Mm. Okay. Um, but another view is that it was when he was strongest because of the fasting. Oh. So it's possible that, uh, you know, it gives us strength uh, because temptation, when resisted, can fade over time. Uh, true. And so those 40 days leading up to uh, the time that Satan came and tempted him, um, Jesus was going stronger and stronger, even though physically yeah. he was growing weaker and weaker. So when we have success, you know, it continues to encourage us to, to, to keep going on that path. That's true. You know, it says resist the devil, you know, Peter says, and, and he will flee from yeah. you. Um, so the more we resist, the more strength we get. So an addiction becomes less of a force in your mind when you turn, uh, that you would turn to in a time of stress. Right, so rather yeah. than turning to those things in a time of stress, the more you have practiced it. And so I think that Jesus was uh, maybe at his strongest point after enduring what he had endured. That's true. And so it empowers resistance and spiritual growth. Hmm. Now, I, I count it a pretty big victory if I can just turn down dessert oh. one day. Okay? Hey, I get so, that. Yes. <laughs> so, so Jesus did desert fasting. Uh, I do dessert fasting. There you go. Nice. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yes. That's awesome. So, Steve, can we can we go through some scriptures for everyone so that uh, they'll have some points of reference to call upon when they when they really tackle this discipline and get this healthy rhythm going in their life? Yeah, there's a number. Uh, I'll start with some Old Testament passages, um, and these give a clear indication of per, a, a, another important purpose of fasting. So Moses fasted for 40 days. On Mount Sinai, uh, on in Exodus thirty-four twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he did it twice because he had to go back up and get the Ten Commandments right. uh, on stone again that second time. It was a special fast for the beginning of a very important ministry, uh, right? Yeah. Leading the people of Israel in the wilderness for forty years. Um, in the book of Esther, we see that they had a three-day fast, and that fast was no food or water. Okay, it was a special period of mourning, asking for deliverance because mm. the nation of Israel was under threat to be entirely wiped out at that yeah. point in time. 
That was in the time of their uh, captivity. Uh, the Israelites had an annual public fast on the Day of Atonement. Okay. It was a public fast. The Day of Atonement was a very special day uh, to remember deliverance. Jehoshaphat, the, one of the kings in Second Chronicles chapter 20, declared a national fast uh, when they were invaded by their enemies. And it was a special fast that was uh, called for in a time of crisis. Hmm. And Ezra fasted and prayed for safety on the journey to Jerusalem because he was going to go back to rebuild the temple. Hmm. And so uh, it was a special call for God's help. So these, these passages shows what I'll call a crucial times discipline. Yes, definitely. Fasting is very much emphasized when there's a very specific uh, emergency crisis need for the people yeah. or the beginning of a very special ministry in the case of Moses when we most need God's help. And that was an example that you brought up earlier of that uh, with Steve. Yeah. You know, in the cancer and mm-hmm. how Heartland did that uh, together on his behalf. It's a plea to God. It's a special plea. Uh, and I believe right now, the time we live in right now is such a time. I agree. For that. And in my class, uh, we ask everyone in the class to make a commitment to practice spiritual disciplines, to build that rhythm, to try maybe some new spiritual disciplines that they haven't ever tried before. Yeah. And this one's mine. You know, this one's, as I said, is the one that I am the weakest in. Yeah. And so uh, this year calls for it. And so I've made a commitment to begin this practice of fasting and prayer for the church for the country, for as we get through this this next year, yeah. And so, uh, Dr. Tony Evans um, just brings out that point very um, in a very good way. There's a little uh, short uh, article that he has that Stan Harris sent to me. Oh, awesome! I thought it was just really good. It had a lot of good points in it. But one of the things he says is fasting is a time you set aside when you need God to perform a breakthrough in your life Mm. on some spiritual level. He says, we're often taught to deal with our struggles with prayer, but we don't hear much about fasting and the role it plays in a believer's life. But Dr. Evans says, in fact, fasting could be the very thing that changes your spiritual life with Christ. Mm. It could be the most powerful and maybe the one that we have just neglected the most. Yeah. Um, And that's a sobering thought. Yes, it is. Yeah. He brings up the fact that the psalmist in Psalm 69, which I brought up earlier, says, you know, the psalmist came before God uh, and he was dealing with a crisis of trouble from his enemies. And he cried out with fasting. Uh, That was specifically for, uh, again, a crisis that he was facing. Uh, the prophet Joel uh, calls on the people to return to God with your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And he says, rend your heart and not your garments. So they had a practice Ooh. in those days when they were mourning, they would rip their clothes, yes. they would tear their clothes. And he says, 
Don't rend your garments. Uh, rend your heart before wow. God. And fasting is a part of that. Yeah. And so that's a that's a great article. I did send it out to our class. There's a PDF of it. Oh, nice. That Stan sent along, and so it's 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 a good. Uh, article that kind of helps uh, solidify some of the ideas about what fasting is for. Awesome. And so um, it has a particular purpose. Uh, when we most need God, fasting can be the most powerful thing that yeah, we do. Yeah, definitely. Now, Jesus in the early church, uh, we also see fasting happening there. Um Again, in Matthew chapter 4, we talked about the 40 days that Jesus went through fasting. Similar to Moses' 40 days of fasting before the beginning of his ministry. So again, a special fast for the beginning of his ministry. Jesus, of course, he said to his disciples, uh, when you fast. And he tells uh, people who are asking him why his disciples aren't fasting at that time. He says, my disciples, when I leave, my disciples will fast. Mm. So there's an indication there, even though there's no direct command that says, uh, you should fast, and this is how often you should fast, and this is when you should fast, and this is why you should fast. Uh, It's clear that Jesus says, my disciples will fast. And when you do it, you know, he does give some instructions yeah. on how to do that in a private way, how to do that between you and God, and right. not, not for show. Um, so, so Jesus is clear that disciples of his, his will fast. Yeah. Um, in in the book of Acts, we see uh, the church worshiping, praying, and fasting as they set Paul and Barnabas, or Saul at that time, and Barnabas aside for mission work. True. So again, it's another time of fasting for a very special purpose. Yeah. And that was sending them out on that first missionary journey. And that is where the gospel went from you know, Jerusalem to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the right. earth. That's when it started to spread throughout the whole Roman Empire. I would so say that was, was critical. A, but it was a very powerful uh, event, worshiping, praying, and fasting to set those two apart. And the fruit that came from that trip, boy, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a number of type of fa- types of fasts, and 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 um, we've alluded to this a little bit before. But you know, there's food fasts. Uh, don't eat, uh, but drink only water uh, for a predetermined number of days. You know, that's that's for you to determine, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well too. Uh, there's in our society today, there's been other ways that people fast. And I think uh, some of those are for health reasons, but I think they can also be utilized uh, in, in our spiritual fasts. Sure. Uh, for instance, intermittent fasts. Yeah. So that's uh, maybe good. skip one meal a day um, for one or more days. You know, maybe you just say, hey, I'm going to skip I'm going to skip one meal. That's a way to to do it. It's not not as drastic as a total fast, um, but I can use that time to um, to just dedicate putting away food yeah. and thinking about God. I would say that's probably the, mon- the one that you hear the most about now recently is the intermittent fasting. You hear a lot about that uh, more, more now than mm-hmm. we used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can do a juice fast. You know, maybe skip one or more meals, but have juice instead or, you know, use. And, I, and I've done that kind of to ease myself into it, into, you know, a, a fast. Is, I've got, well, I'll, it's not just water only, but I have some juice and that yeah. gives you a little bit of nutrients. That's kind of a way to ease into it. Um, 
There are other selective fasts, like we talked about with the season of Lent, uh, you know, giving up sweets mm. or caffeine or other foods or drinks um, that you consume for comfort. Of course, you bring up sweets the week of Easter. I have chocolate everywhere in my house and it's just tempting me all over the place so yeah i know there are times when it's harder yes it is yes (laughs) when it's right there in front of you um but you can also fast um in other ways like we talked about uh giving up something that's non-food related fast from social media the news time wasting web browsing yeah uh, the tv smartphone sports pleasure reading um you know you can you can give up any of those things for a point in time to focus on christ yeah we see unplugging every year at uh, youth camp we when they come in they check in on, on sunday evening and we take their phones and they don't have them until friday afternoon mm-hmm. and so we of course you know the first day that sunday they're you know, the teenager kind of complaining and then monday they're still kind of complaining about it, but by Tuesday and Wednesday, middle of the week, they're really not. They, they don't. They don't have a problem with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so by the you know Thursday and Friday morning, I always tell them, it's like, you guys practiced a discipline this week that you didn't even know that you didn't even know. It's like you guys have you reached for your phone? Like, no, not really. No. So you take that and you can go back, back, go back home and practice that discipline. So we more or less practice that every year at camp, and it's. It's an amazing thing because, you know, when you take away the phones of the teenagers, a lot of things open up. Mm-hmm. A lot of things open up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a powerful thing, definitely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, <coughs> excuse me, goes back to that uh, point we made earlier about the fact that maybe Jesus grew stronger during those 40 days there of fasting. Yeah. There, first few days, it was pretty hard for him, but all of a sudden, they were able to resist that temptation. Yeah. The temptation even kind of went away over time. So it's a good illustration that point. Uh, So practicing the fasting of food, how do we want to practice that? During a fast, you would normally spend time in prayer and other disciplines, but you can also go about your normal business of the day, working, et cetera. So if you're going to go on a 24-hour fast or maybe a 48-hour fast, doesn't mean you're spending that entire time in study, prayer, meditation, and doing and doing no other things, uh, but there are times that when you're going through your daily activities, that hunger can take all your attention. Yeah, and so those are good times to stop and pray and read scripture. So you can use those to sustain you. There you go. Yeah. During the time, and that's the purpose of fasting. Now, you should never endanger your health uh, if you have medical reasons that you cannot do an extended fast. Uh, so, so please don't do anything that would be dangerous. Definitely, yes. But most people can actually benefit health-wise uh, from a balanced approach to fasting. It can clear your mind and rid your body of toxins as well, too. Yeah, you know, my mom has late-onset diabetes, type 1 diabetes, and that's definitely one uh, condition that you don't want to um, go extend amount of time for fasting, for sure, because I remember her doctors telling her that, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely want to let all the listeners know out there. Yeah. But if you have medical restrictions, you still can likely perform regular limited fasts, yeah. such as skipping an evening snack, uh, fasting from certain foods such as sweets, uh, or non-food fasts that we've discussed. So there are other ways you can fast uh, that are safe for you as well. So um, 
if health permitting, you know, a good way to get into fasting may be to start with something that's very limited. For instance, skipping one meal, such as dinner, but continue to drink water or juice. Uh, after building up, you may over time try a 24-hour fast. Yeah. Uh, if desired, you can try longer fasts for a few days, again, building up to it. But if you're going to go on something that's more extended, I think, you know, just you, you want to go into that with a little knowledge. There's just a lot of reading you can do yes. that will help you prepare for that, how to be successful in doing that. So uh, it's possible, certainly want to make sure that you're prepared and ready uh, for if you're going to do something that's more extended. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking, I wonder, I've always, I think I just figured out why I love breakfast food so much. It's because we break our fast from sleeping, and that's... I just, I guess it could be no matter what it is I, I eat first. I, I think I'm just a big fan of it, but I'm a big fan of breakfast food, I think, for that reason, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Look how this discipline is making me think different way, different ways. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, you know, thanks so much for sitting down with me again. Um, I Thank have you. been so blessed by sitting down with you and learning all this, all these disciplines. And I'm with you. I'm going to be taking this fasting uh, and, and really taking it to my life because this is the one that I haven't practiced the most. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what can come f- from it and the healthy rhythms that we get. And so what are we going to look forward to next week for next week's podcast? What are we going to be talking about next All week? All right. So this is the last of the individual disciplines that we're looking at. Okay. So we have looked at solitude and silence and how that's kind of the backdrop for most of the disciplines that we practice, uh, as well as a, a discipline that you can use on your own. Uh, we've looked at scripture uh, the importance of meditating and looking at God's word and feeding on it, praying to God. Uh, we've looked at and Sabbath keeping mm-hmm. and now fasting. So next week we're going to turn to the community disciplines. Awesome. Okay, we're going to look at worship. We're going to look at then community, and fellowship, and, and all the things that we do participate together with. And then we'll look at ministry as well last. So next week we're going to be looking at worship. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And uh, speaking of worship, actually, you know, I want to thank the Heartland Praise team for, for uh, singing us in and they're going to be singing us out as well. So uh, thank you, Heartland Praise. And we have a wonderful worship team here at Heartland. It's uh, such an uplifting experience every time we get to come and worship with them. Yeah, Steve, again, have a great weekend, brother. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to get all this information for us. And I really hope that everyone listening will, will commit to that, too. Um, we have a commitment here at Heartland that all the people here will be uh, practicing these disciplines um, every day, hopefully so. So we hope that you guys are getting as much out of this as we are. So everyone have a great weekend. We will see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Pray.